Welcome to Stories from the Center of the Universe, the podcast about the human experience. Jeremy D. Simmons, welcome to the Center of the Universe. Paul, thanks for having me. (laughs) Thanks for having me. I guess we should start with, we're in your studio. We are. uh, We're here in the control room of Elephant Ear Studios. Um, It's not plural ears, it's just plural studios, uh, for whatever reason. But yeah, um, it's cozy in here, isn't it? It's cozy. It's nice. Yeah. It, it screams. I'm. We're recording. Correct. Yeah. It, uh, and you've got seven rooms. Yeah. Um. What in the, in the entire building? Yeah. Let's see. Uh, the main room. One, two, three. F- yeah, seven, including two full baths. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome in here, man. Thank you, man. Um. It's wired to the teeth. I I've put my life's work into this building. Not only um in the wiring and then the sound and the culmination of gear i guess we can talk about that but like you first walked in and i was standing at the top of the stairs and i heard you say right away man that's really cool artwork <laughs> not that, that that's not my impersonation of paul that's just <laughs> that's my impersonation of every person that's i may have sounded I, like that when i came that's in. the voice i do for everybody <laughs> <laughs> i hope i don't sound like you that definitely don't and, and anytime it's like i do uh a uh, lady's voice. Uh, I mean, my wife especially. Not that she and she's awesome, but it always sounds like Marge Simpson, and it's fucked up. And I even <laughs> I don't know why I do that. It's just it just happens. It happens. It's not intentional. It, it's become part of your personality. Correct. All right, uh, we're going to come back to the studio and talk okay. about that for a bit. But uh, we should also mention that I met you through Helen Emerson. Uh, absolutely. Um, Rosie O'Connolly's down in the farmers market uh, yeah. in the bottom. I love that place. I want to say they've been open close to 20 years if not 20 you know and i've been going there a long time um since the flood before the flood and they're just great people her and tommy both her dad um, yeah and they were involved with potters for i'm not potters but um penny lane penny lane thank you for for the longest time and it's just um it's the place i like to go and hang out i make a lot of my money playing music in bars and stuff and i used to book a venue in here in town before it closed so i was always kind of at work in a bar situation, but if I go to a bar on purpose to sit and have a couple of beers and, and talk with people, that's the place I usually go. It's very cozy. Yeah, it's cozy. It's not, you know, it's not a club. No, definitely not. The, the playlist is predictable, which I'm comfortable with. I'm not going to hear any music that is off-putting to me. Uh, <laughs> we don't have to get into specifics <laughs> of what that would be either. But it's just nice, and they have, for me, beyond the people that own the place and the decoration and all of that, it's like they have beers on tap that you can't really get right. other places that I enjoy, you yeah. know, a good malty English beer. And then their sausage rolls are pretty good. If I'm gonna, I've never had a sausage roll Oh, my roll God. There. No, if you look closely at my waistline, you will be able to tell that I've had a few of <laughs> You've got nothing on me, <laughs> I went into that with kid gloves, I know. <laughs> Uh, but they are good. It's it's just a beef sausage. Apparently, it's Gladys. Um, Gladys is Tommy's wife. It's mm. her mother's recipe, I think. And it's a beef sausage. It's wrapped in a puff pastry, mm. and they serve it with just basic ass brown gravy, and it's good. Yeah, you know. All right, it's not reinventing the wheel. I'm gonna try. You should try it. Their burger's actually really good too. They on Thursdays. Is it Thursday? Yeah, Thursdays you do burger night, and it's like you get any pint and and a burger for fourteen dollars or thirteen dollars, yeah. whatever it is. But it's a quality burger, right? Um, you know, Would I you, to turn this into the Rosie's infomercial. 
would you consider yourself a regular there? Yeah, absolutely. And I they probably would too. And the, the funny thing is, is there's a bunch of people who would consider themselves regular. Um, I certainly don't go daily, but um, and every once in a while, years go by where I'm not there even every month. But usually it's once a week. Um, I usually go when they open at four and, it's, and I'm gone before the end of happy hour, which is seven. And it's not necessarily because of the prices of happy hour. It's just I like to be there when it's low key and right. um, some of the same people that I see see there. I always sit at the same spot when I sit there unless they go on St. Patrick's Day and then I have to run point down by the bar because <laughs> and it's funny it's like i've walked in before and lauren last time i walked in there and uh, somebody was sitting in my seat and she's like there she could just tell she's like and i sat and i'm all awkward sitting somewhere else and she's like they're about to leave <laughs> like, <okay. laughs> well the, the the only person i could think of that that was a regular at a bar was a character from cheers cliff clavin cliff well cliff yeah. had his own spot yeah. and so did norm norm yeah are you more cliff or more norm oh interesting i you know I think I'm a little bit of both of those people. If if those are the only two people we can compare anybody that ever is the regular at a bar at, um, maybe both because I have some facts and stuff that I like to share, but <laughs> I'm also want to just hug you like a little teddy bear and tell you it's okay to just have another one. We don't have to talk about shit if you don't want to. Yeah, you know? yeah, no, right on. We usually end up talking about, uh, it's important for me to try to engage people and ask them questions about themselves um, as gregarious as I am. And, it, you know, I do a lot of things and there's all kinds of stuff that I could talk about me. And we usually, you know, people ask, so I talk about me and sometimes I'll offer about me before they ask. But <laughs> it's, you know, it's important to also ask them about them and, and make them feel comfortable enough to just say, oh, this, hey, he actually seems to care about what he's asking me. And I genuinely I do. I'm not just going trying to, you know, get them to run their mouth to me, but I. It's nice. Uh, I like the the aspect of that place specifically because um, it's not a place where I'm going to run into my peers. Mm. Uh, meaning, I'm I'm cool with my peers, and we talk all the time. But I'll run into strangers a lot there, or or people from a totally different walk of life from from myself, and um, that's super interesting for me. You know, I mean, I know what I could talk to my buddies about all the time. Uh, right. You're going to run out of shit after a while, or or whatever. Um, uh, that that place is just fun. Yeah, me. no, yeah. right on. It's easy. Well, what you just described about getting to know people that aren't your buddies or your peers, I mean, that's this entire podcast. I love that. Yeah, that's you what know? we're doing here. Um, I remember the night I met you, Helen's like, come down here. He's like, she says, Paul has a, this podcast. I think you'd be great on it. Y'all should do it. And I'm like, okay. And, <laughs> and I was like, okay. And then here we are. <laughs> here we are. So apparently, we're both interesting enough to talk for an hour. I guess. <laughs> I, th- I think we are. I think we're going to pull it off. We've already burned eight minutes of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's dive deep in, into right. this studio. Okay. If you had to make an educated guess, the number of miles of wires that are here. Um, or you don't even want to think about it. 15. 15 miles. Maybe. That's that, that's that's too many. I don't know. That's you, a lot of cable in here. I mean, you you gave me a quick tour. There's a lot of wiring going on here. Yeah. I, let's, I mean, miles a long time, though. I've never, like, let's say five. Let's cut it in a third, and I'd probably be accurate. But there's a lot of... Wires, I guess if you want to talk about internal wires inside of the pieces of gear, um, there's a lot of uh, patch bay points. There's just, um, it's analog over here, you know. Um, there's nothing wireless. There's nothing wireless, but there's also, um, while we still do use a computer, um, we're using analog gear into the computer and out of the computer. And as you can see over here, there's some tape machines we can still oh use. Oh my gosh, I didn't see those yeah. before. Yeah. Um, so yeah, how, we, hold on. How old are those? Um, they're eighties. Whoo, you know, 
80s models. Y- you were a baby. Yeah. When those oh, came for out. sure, yeah. I mean, my first band, um, well, my dad, well, it started with my, should we, should we have this whole conversation? Sure, let's do it. All right, so um, my dad, Dave Simmons, or Slim Simmons, everybody knows him as Slim. Was he Slim? He's, well, he was when he got that nickname. <laughs> He's still pretty slim, though. Right, right Don't on. get the wrong idea. <laughs> Apparently, he was my height, like six five and like a, a buck 35 so that's pretty fucking oh slick. my gosh yeah. yeah get him a sandwich yeah um but he sang in a group when he was in high school and my mom went to they were playing at a picnic for reynolds medals i guess is where my papa worked and it's a very richmond reference you know yeah, yeah. and then uh mom went to the gig they met there and they've been together and so i grew up with dad not unlike me, hosting band practices mm. and shit at the house, like music. I mean, we grew up middle class. We it wasn't opulent. We didn't have an extra. There wasn't a band practice room. It was the fucking living room. Right. And there was a drum kit that would like maybe live in the living room for a while. And you know, by the time I was in high school, we had a garage. So it, the, you know, the drum kit and setup moved out there. And um, so I started playing drums at first when I was a little little kid, like six. And then by the time I was 11, we couldn't find a, a drummer, so or we couldn't find a bass player. So I was like, well, shit, the bass stuff's here. I'll just play bass. So I started playing bass, and we got a drummer. And um, that same kit is what my brother Dusty, who's six years younger than me, used to sneak and try to play this kit. He wasn't allowed to play the kit, right, because it didn't belong to Dad. It was Dad's drummers, and Dad's like, don't play the kit. And, of course, they would. My parents would be gone, and Dusty was pretty good for five years old, and we just let him play the kit. You know, he's not gonna fuck it up. It's just drums. Yeah. So Dad comes home one time, and Dusty is just getting it. <laughs> oh man! And then so I remember Dad walks in. My other younger brother, Zach, turns like white as a ghost because Dad's like, "Who's out there playing the drums?" <laughs> and it could have been any number of my friends, which would have been fine because you were older and responsible. Correct. Yeah. I guess, whatever the cutoff point was. <laughs> and then uh, Dad walks out there and it's Dusty playing, and Dusty just like, instant, like stops with, and holds, holds the sticks and just looking at Dad. And Dad's like, just keep playing till dinner. It's fine. Because he was good. Right. And so that kit, that drum, that actual drum set was the first drum set I ever played on a gig. Then it became my brother's drum set. He played so many gigs on it, and it lives here in the studio. It's downstairs. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, awesome. Um. But yeah, we're in this on purpose, man. It's like my dad did it. My whole life and family has been supportive of this. This is, I mean, it's not the only job I've ever had, but, uh, you know, I've been self-employed either playing in a band or making records for people for the better part of 30 years. I've had some side jobs. I used to uh, take yearbook portraits, (laughs) mostly like senior portraits. You got to do what you got to do. Man, it was fun. That job was fun. Um, I enjoyed the kids. I enjoyed the faculty. Um, I could like show up to work in a zeppelin t-shirt and board shorts and i mean they can't see what i look like out there but it's like a little <laughs> a little jesus bikery i don't know <laughs> however you want to fucking frame me it's like i got a beard and hair to my elbow sometimes and people you hear little kids i'm gonna get in jesus's line <laughs> so it's just fun just like you know having some banter with the kids and like i you know i have i'm a detail guy you know that's why i make records and and pay attention to like art placement and so when you're taking somebody's picture, you're like really looking at what their hair looks like, or mm. if their if their tie is straight and that kind of shit. And I enjoy, you know, Paul, I enjoy that 
um, OCDness, I guess, if yeah. you will, about my personality. It's like there's details out there. Somebody needs to pay attention to them. It might as well be me. And you enjoy exploring the details. A hundred percent, yeah. Um, on stage or with my band, with arrangements and stuff, or or in 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 somebody's re- record, how they mix it, or even you know the layout, the font we're gonna choose for the, you know, the type, the shit that most people just take for granted that happens every team needs that guy you think so yeah i think so yeah well i'm that guy (laughs) (laughs) well let's back up so your dad uh was into music for a long time Mm -hmm. you and one of your brothers was really into music all self-taught like played by ear yes yeah um i did join uh the jazz band and the marching band and the symphonic band in either 10th or 11th grade but i still just played by ear Mm. um i remember with jazz band, I, you know, because we would just take the tapes home and learn the tunes. And I already knew how to play. I understood basic theory and what's going on with, like, a blues progression. I wasn't just flying blind out there. Right. Um, so I would just take it home and learn the tunes like I do for the tunes that I would learn for my band and memorize the songs. Well, that didn't necessarily also mean that I played every note for, no, like, the same way. And in jazz, they, you know, people aren't doing that. Nah, You're improvising a little bit. And I yeah. remember we went to this band competition down in Myrtle Beach and, I got an award for the best improvisational <laughs> bass player because I wasn't reading shit. <laughs> I was just like, I know the tune, let's do it. Were they, did they pick up on the fact you were improvising because you didn't have any sheet? I don't know if they you? did or not. I don't, that might have been points against me. And then in symphonic band, it was easy. You just played exactly what the tubas played, and oh. it wasn't hard. You just listened and did it. Huh. Um, you know, and dad. So dad had several bands growing up. Like he did a lot of like um, when I was a little kid, he did like classic country like Waylon and Willie and mm-hmm. that kind of thing and then by the time I was in high school he had this group called Little David and the Titans and the smallest guy was not my my dad's name's David but he wasn't the smallest guy the smallest guy I want to say was like six one, and everybody wow. else was taller than this they're all dude. giants correct um and so anyway dad was playing bass in this in this band and and singing and you know he worked full-time at DuPont he had a side job bartending at Oscar's restaurant in Brander Mill and one other, th- I mean, Dad always just worked. I mean, you know, um, we didn't come for money, and you got to pay the bills somehow. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, I love him. That that, and my mom too. They they instilled the fact that you got to fucking go and do for yourself. You better grind and make it one hundred percent. Yeah. And it, what we don't care what you do, but like I don't go ask my parents for money. Yeah. You know, it ain't there. Um, that said, Dad didn't have a whole lot of time to go through the tapes and back then it was tapes you're listening to tapes or vinyl to learn these tunes so i would come home from school and learn dad's bass parts for all this classic motown and 60s rock and stuff and then dad would come home from work and we would just sit together and i would show him the bass lines you know so i was learning all his bag on top of the stuff i was learning for my bands on top of the stuff i was learning for high school stuff you know and just playing the library in your head was massive it's massive yeah, and it's you. I don't know if you saw some of the vinyl downstairs. Oh, I saw. You know, and that's that's half the collection. The rest of it's at my house. But I also didn't go to school to learn how to engineer. I mean, I just started doing live sound and recording all my bands ever since I've had them, mm-hmm. using some common sense, reading a few magazines, and just doing it. And you know, I think a good portion of why people still want to come to me, or not still want to, but people want to come to me to engineer and produce them, is, you know, I've. I've heard a lot of stuff. I've done a lot of stuff, and and you can study all you want, but nine times out of ten, doing it is where you learn to do it. You know. Yeah, and, and you've had a lot of repetition too. Absolutely. Yeah. And reputationally, you're you're known out there. I'm, I guess I am. Yeah. Um, I, and 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 
you know, it's it's a it's a delicate balance between being confident and being humble, right? Um, because people will see it as like, oh, so, you know, I I certainly never want to come across as some kind of person who thinks that I don't have everything in the world to learn because I still do. Yeah. Um, that said, I know enough to do what I say I'm going to do and back that up, and I want to be proud of that, and I want people that work with me to be proud of what we did. And man, if you're going to stand on on the stage and grind it out and, and like play, I know one of my bands we play Almond Brothers. I mean, that's not chumpy music. And if you're going to get up there in the middle of a 23 minute whipping post, you better be fucking confident that you got that shit together. Right. You right, know. Right. So there's that. Um, but man, at the end of the day, I just feel extremely blessed that I get to do what I love. Um, if I make one or two or four good records a year, and it makes that band feel happy about themselves and I push them harder and better than they thought they could make it. Um, you know, not having any kids of my own, like that's my mark to leave on people, man. Or if like I meet a stranger at the bar and I ask them a a, a genuine question about their, their model train society or whatever they're part of. I mean, that was a conversation. Like I love to leave people feeling better about how they felt before they, talk to me if everybody was like that man this world would be awesome right i mean that's the my whole my favorite part about being alive with other people yeah me too um and we've slid into this whole you know polarized kind of shit we're in right now but it's not gonna last and if it does i mean it'll filter itself out but at the end of the day if i can't talk to a stranger in line at the grocery store which i do all the time (laughs) (laughs) um you know that's just the kind of person i i want to be or that i am and um I'm not better than anybody else. I'm, I just try to be better than who I was yesterday. That's cliche as fuck, but that's real. Yeah, but it's real. You know? Yeah. Um, and yeah, man, I tend to think that the records I make and the bands I play in are pretty fucking good, and I'm allowed to say that. I, I was <laughs> asking you before we started recording, uh, do, are you work with any semi-famous people, and, you're, and, you're, and what did you say? Nobody famous, no. <laughs> no. No, um, but you said, I, I just want to make good music. I just want to make great records and good music, and um, I love working with people who who want me i'll tell anybody who comes through here um it's obvious if you talk to me long enough that 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 this is what i do and i probably should be doing it but at the end of the day there's a bunch of studios out there i want people to record wherever the fuck they want to if i have to talk you into working with me then that ain't gonna work like i want you to want i want you to be excited about the fact like man we're going to jeremy's today it's gonna be great if not fucking go somewhere else yeah certainly don't like compare price points and shit to me about like so and so like take that elsewhere man you know <laughs> like you're getting me and that's got to you know i gotta put my price you gotta know your worth that's right you know that's right and um that's that that's the line i'm trying to say to, to, to straddle between the humility of like knowing that i'm not the best because who is the best because there's always somebody better and but that's subjective but having the confidence to know your worth yeah. and, and you know this my time me it's not negotiable Right. It's like this is what I'm bringing to the table. And I try to do that with every relationship that I have inside of the studio or outside of the studio. You know, I want people to understand that if I said I've got their back, I've got their back. Or if I've recommended somebody's restaurant or something, um, people that know me know that I don't fuck around. If I say, man, this is pretty good. Well, we should go check it out. Jeremy said it's good. So yeah. that ba- that balance between confidence and humility, when when you find that balance, I imagine it feels pretty good. It feels great, you know, um, Paul. And I'd like to think that I've found it. I mean, every you know, we it's a balance, right? So one day you're going to be heavier on one side than the other. Um, but I'm not ashamed to be proud anymore. 
um, I don't know that I was ever ashamed, but it's like, I think so many people just hold back themselves because they're worried about like how it's exactly coming across to people. And it's like, you're never going to know. They're never going to tell you. You can't control it. And you can't control it. And maybe they're feeling bad about themselves that day. So they hate the post that you made because you look like you're feeling great. <laughs> and, uh, right? Right. And right. it's like, at the end of the day, are you being genuine? Right? Are you? Will you stand behind your work? Will you stand behind your word? And, man, if, if I'm gone tomorrow, I mean, I imagine a, a handful of people might miss me and, and show up to give my wife some condolences and... That's what I got. I got, I got a feeling you got more people showing up than that. but <laughs> Perhaps. But. All right, so you grew up in the Richmond metro area. I did. Um, I was born at Chippenham Hospital. Um, I went to Chalkley Elementary for a little bit. and uh, the, Well, I did all Chalkley Elementary and then Providence for a year. And then we moved, and I ended up going to Swift Creek and Clover Hill, like the original Clover Hill, um, out off 360. And uh, that was well before what's going on now. It's like super developed out oh there. Oh my gosh! Yeah, we yeah. had we had moved, um, and I, I don't know how my parents swung it again back to like the middle class thing. We somehow ended up in Woodlake, and my dad was like, "It was a great place for the kids with the bike trails and the swimming pools." So we just put everything we had in it, and it was like, "All right." And I'm I I never I wasn't in there the family books at the moment, but I'm pretty sure it was probably everything they had to fucking do it. Yeah. So it was, but I, what I liked about going to Clover Hill at that point was. You had enough people, maybe like myself, that were maybe middle class or upper middle class, and then, you know, definitely some people with some money, but mixed in with all of these rural people, mm. all these farm people and hardworking people. Not that everybody, you know, don't get me wrong out there, America. I'm not saying that everybody doesn't work hard, but you get what I'm saying. It was that's a, a That's a different kind of work. It was a menagerie. If you will. I think that's the right word. Of, uh, we'll go with menagerie. Of, Pope, potpourri, man. Yeah, of... of, of a cross section of a lot of different lifestyles all kind of lumped into the same school. And I was friends with everybody made your life richer, man. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, that's the adult I'm hoping to be, you know, but you know, I played a little sports and I played a little bit in the band and I had my own band and I was in some of the classes with the AP kids. And it was just like, but we also went to party and I, and I, I will not insert all the partying that I did, <laughs> which was some very fun stuff. Um, but I like got along with everybody, you know, and um, it wasn't about me sitting at the same table for lunch every day. It was like, who am I going to go sit with today? Yeah. You know, um, and that's what, you know, I love that about life, Paul. I love that. Like I get to fit in, get in where I fit in, but everybody that I come across has something to offer the world. And, and, and that said, it, to offer me. Um, and I just love that. I, I'm a big, I hug people. I will hug a fucking stranger. <laughs> like, And it's weird because I'm 6'5 and 240 pounds. And it's just, I struggle with that too. You know? I'm not 6'5, but right. I'm not a small dude. You are not a small man. And it's just like, and then hugging other dudes, it's like, you don't want to like um, emasculate the guy, but that's on him. It's like, I'm not trying to, you know, get it in here, dude. Yeah. You know, um, but it's nice. You show it some love. That's all. One hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. It's not. A, it's not any. It's. I mean, what other arterial motive to hug somebody other than you, Captain Creeper, or something? You just want to touch. <laughs> but that's gross. Yeah, that's disgusting. Yeah. You know, it's like hugging somebody, or just like, I don't know, something as simple as like you. You can usually see one thing that you like about somebody's outfit, or maybe their hair, and it's like, ooh, and you can genuinely go, dude, I like that shirt. And you're not just, you like, uh, that's the kind yeah. of, if I like your shirt, I'm going to fucking tell you I like your shirt. As my mom would say, they, uh, he w he did if he 
uh, didn't mean that he wouldn't have said it. Yeah, yeah. Well, and as Dr. Seuss, you know, those that those that mind don't matter, those that matter don't mind. Right. You know. Yeah. That's a great mantra too. It's like, especially with all the social media shit, or you know, you feeling judged by people. It's like, man, if somebody's worried about judging you, or you fuck, fuck them. Who cares? Yeah. Who cares? Yeah. All right. So you're at a grocery store. I got to go back to this. Yeah. And there's a 75 year old woman. Mm-hmm. Uh, in front of you, and there's a 22-year-old uh, guy behind mm-hmm. you. you. You can chat either one up just as easy. Yep. Last time was at Costco. It both happened. <laughs> and I was in the parking lot, and this old lady had this shoot with, shirt with a bunch of fruit on it, and I just liked it. And I was like, I, that blouse is awesome. And she's like, what? And I was like, you heard me. I like your shirt. You made her day. That's what she said. She just <laughs> she just made this old lady's day. And, uh, you know. And then another younger guy, we got into to talk about the Ghirardelli brownies they had on sale. And he told me the whole story about how he discovered these brownies at a catered event. And we was like, we weren't supposed to take the food, but they let me. T-. And we were just posted up with our carts, people going around us. We were those people. I'm sorry. I hate being those people. But at least I'm a person i will take my cart back. Right. Um, but, yeah, just like. I had the best day in Costco, and I ran into a girl from elementary school, and then another girl who had saw who saw the show that I played the night before that went to college with my wife, and it was like that whole trip to the Costco, right? Yeah. And then there was these random kids that was over by the produce. There was like three kids in this cart, and they they're with their family, and the kids are all crammed. One of them was way too big to be in the cart, but he's in the cart anyway, <laughs> and he's talking about his little brother, and he's like, he's obnoxious. Like this is what he says to a fucking full stranger. Like the first words out of this kid's mouth, I just start laughing. And the, the parents are like, I'm sorry. And the, the kids are like just hammering me with other kind of comments. It's awesome. And the, and the parents are like, I'm sorry. I'm like, it's fine. I was like, I'm the oldest of three. I get it. You know, and it's like those interactions are great. Yeah. And they're all unique. Yeah. 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 So wait, wait a minute. If, if you're in Costco and you don't have long hair and you don't have the beard, you think you're interacting with the world the way you do now? Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't I don't know that I have this stuff. I can't even see the tattoos I have most of the time. I don't care. Um, but I mean, I've had this dude, I've looked like this for a lot longer than I have not. Really? Oh yeah. So, I mean, my wife has never seen me clean shaven. Came really close one time. I was trimming it. She tells this story. It was like New Year's Eve or something. One of the nights I was off. I don't tend to work on New Year's Eve unless I'm really getting paid well, because it's just an amateur hour. And I'm in there and I'm trimming. You know, and I used to try to trim with scissors and shit. And it's difficult to do. Your beard gets long. She's like, fuck, I got to even up this side. She tells the story. She comes in. She's like, what the fuck is the cat doing in the kitchen? <laughs> like just hearing the little clippy sounds or whatever. And she walks in and she looks at me and I'm like, I'm taking it all off. And, she, <laughs> and she's like, the look on her face. And I was like, I fucked up. I don't know. It's like, but yeah, I mean, um, most people that know me have never seen me clean shaven. Do you like yourself clean shaven? Um. That's an interesting question. I don't really have a great chin. <laughs> um, and to be honest, I look a lot like my dad. And all growing up, my dad wore a beard. Like, yeah. I mean, we're it's obvious that he's my dad, our face, right? right. And so that's, as, as a kid, like, that's what I'm supposed to, right? That's how I'm pre-wired to, like, sure. that's what I look like. Yeah. Um, but, man, no, I, I to tell you the truth, um, the last time I, I had a really, really nice long beard. It's, it's long now. But, we like, the first time we went to Merle Fest. And I trimmed it up, and I go to Merle Fest, and it's like beard mania. And I'm just like, fuck. <laughs> they don't even know. They don't even know what I had yesterday. You know? And so, yeah, that's there you go. The, the ego and the insecurity, that shit can be real no matter who sure. you are. It's like that David and Goliath shit. Um, yeah. I mean, my hair's falling out slowly but surely, so one day the top might be gone. But 
I don't think I'm getting rid of the Gandalf. You're not going to uh, go with a skullet, are you? No, yeah. no. I, I did have a rat tail one time, and I've had a couple really fucking awesome mullets. But uh, I, I've had a, a nice looking mullet myself yeah. a long time yeah. ago. You got a great voice for radio, by the way. Oh, I appreciate it. I like the graveliness of it. Yeah, thoughts. yeah. It's not from smoking either. That's fine. Yeah, I don't know what it's from. You just have it. Yeah, I'll ta- people, I'll, I'll people take told it. you that before. I, yes, they. Yeah, have. yeah. Well, yeah, it's all good. good. All right, so you were you could get along with anybody. Uh, I tr- yeah, up. I'd like to think so. Yeah, but you were heavy into music. Yep, played some sports. Mm-hmm. You were in some AP classes. It sounds like you were. Uh, I wasn't in AP classes. I was in honors classes with some of the AP kids. So what's the difference back then? Uh, a grade point. Okay. Yeah, like if you're getting an A in an AP class, you're getting a five instead of a four. Oh wow. Yeah, and that's the way it still is. Really? So that's the reason a lot of kids. Well, take that class. <clears throat> also. I'm, you know, ashamedly to admit this or whatever, but I could do pretty well without having to really push it too hard. Sure. And so, but the AP classes, it was like, fuck, I really had to. Yeah, you had it, to work. It was hard, more more work than I wanted to scholastically do. I, I was putting my efforts into like music, play, my music and just other parts of my life. Call it what you will. It, it, I mean, the same reason I dropped out of college. I just was done with scholastics and that whole arcing spectrum of grade point average and all that i was like so all the money a lot of the money my peers would have spent on a college i spent on a lot of shit you see in this room yeah. and this building that we're in and the instruments and you know i still think i made the best choice for me yeah you know? well i mean um, looking back at it i feel like you think it's a great path you follow a hundred percent yeah yeah and um but but that said you know education is super important and um I, I'm very fortunate that maybe it came easy to me um, that way. Um, it also let me be in classes with people that were a little tight, you know, wound, and, mm. and that kind of like personality platform. And it was nice to even even as a younger person be able to like kind of talk them people off of a personal not ledge is the right, like they weren't ever gonna hurt themselves, but like some people get so wound up, and it's like you're not even being a kid, right? Right, and just to be able kid, to kids should never be well. Right, up. and just have, like man, you were you high yesterday in class? <laughs> yeah, you know, but like you know, and they were like, "What's that like?" You know, it was like, I don't know. Sorry, mom, she already knows. Yeah, I'm pretty sure mom already knows. <laughs> <laughs> but it was just you know, just being able to be you know, you're gonna be okay. Uh, you you will you will land in where you need to land in life. Yeah, you know, and I'm not saying I haven't had hardships or made terrible decisions. I mean, I think everybody does. But sure. It's like, that's what helps form us into the creatures that we are. You know, I'm not particularly a spiritual person, but I mean, I I believe in the like the golden rule kind of thing. Sure, you know, Ten Commandments kind of thing yeah, makes I mean, sense. Yeah, whether or not you're adhering it to a book or Jesus or whoever else you want to put a label, don't be a dick. Right. You know. Yeah. Um, and they shouldn't have to write that down. No, it should be really obvious. <laughs> you know, like, it should be really obvious. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, you're talking about uh, guys negative towards you because he's having a bad day has nothing to do with you right yeah right um but that's hard to for people to process sometimes um you know especially with social media everybody sees this the highlight reel and, and this that and the other so i've been doing a good job within myself of staying off of it um a it, it kind of stumbled on the fact that if i'm sitting here scrolling on my phone i'm not doing anything else because you can't, you're not driving, scrolling, or hopefully you're not. Right. But you're certainly not like reorganizing your shed or putting insulation over, over above the garage. You know, you're, you're not, not doing anything you're productive. Not, you're not doing shit. You're just looking at your phone, like 
it's it's just not good. It's a it's almost a vegetative state. Yes, and uh, you know, and for me, it's really only been. I mean, I got on Facebook, I guess, in two thousand nine when I met Michelle. So it's about oh, fourteen years. So a, a third. I hate to admit, like almost a third of my fucking life. It's like eh, I'm ready to just. Not to have that, that factor in. Now, granted, with my bands and the studio, I kind of have to be out there. You got to post a little bit. I also don't like the fact that I feel like I have to have a presence on social media to be relative within my business. Yeah, like, I, don't think, I don't think you do. Well, yeah, I, I think a lot of people might think that way. And again, I don't know. And that's the, and that's where I'm falling into it now. How do I know what other people think? Right. It's right. like and we get caught in that. And I've been guilty of it, too. And or seeing seeing friends of mine that like. I, I love to see how successful all my friends are and all the cool stuff they're doing. But I'll even get worn out on, like, God damn, another post by this dude. Like, just what are you doing? Right. right? I, I don't need the 78 right. pictures. Right. I just, and but, like, I know better. But I, I'm still stuck, sucked into that yeah. mentality of, like, fuck this guy. But not, I don't really feel that way about him. Right. If he was in the room, you yeah, wouldn't say absolutely that. Absolutely not. I'd fucking hug him and tell him I'm proud of him. But right. it's just like you get into this whole mental thing and i know i'm not a, the only person i know i'm not uh, not alone in the world out there You're definitely with not. people who feel this way and if if you can get anything from listening to me talk to you on this podcast it's like just put it down you're gonna be okay your band will still be awesome like go do something i'm gonna play this section for my kids <laughs> <laughs> you know i mean pick it up a little bit but i i ended up putting like a you can uh, put a limit on your phone it'll like mm-hmm. warn you when you've done however many minutes you want to do that day and you can override it or you can't but it it helps keep you accountable about how much time you're spending on those social apps and you know um Michelle listened to a podcast. Michelle's my wife, by the way. She listened to a podcast, and she said, um, I can't remember which one it was, but it talked about how it wasn't such a problem until, like, the likes and stuff came in. When everybody was just communicating, hey, I did this, or here's some pictures, as soon as they introduced the ability for other people to prop that up by liking it or loving it or whatever, it, it changed the psychology of it, and it became more toxic, and it's, and, God, love those kids that are just born into this world that like they self cell phones and facebook is a thing yeah they don't know anything they don't different. know anything different and i am you know um i still remember difference and i still want to equate that into my way of thinking and um it's funny i've had you know um i had some post on something about some kind of grammar thing that pissed me off and because whatever and uh a peer of mine was like, okay, boomer. And it was like, first of all, I'm Gen X. Right. But it's like, also, fuck you, dude. And it's like derogatory <laughs> towards boomers. If we really want to break down, especially if you're in the musical community, you owe boomers fucking everything. Everything. Man. And their parents. Are, like, you want to talk about jazz? It's their parents. But like, if you want to talk about great rock music and great albums and how stuff was recorded perp- and why we all want to like make records that sound like that, boomers. Yeah. Boomers. You know, You're you welcome. can fucking piss off about all that you want. It's just that whole mentality of like the disrespecting of elders is is gross to me. Um, it's ridiculous. You know, used to be people were, you know, and it's like, get off my lawn. It's not that. It's just you can move forward and have new ideas without shitting on the people that brought you here. Yeah, do, do you it know? yourself. Don't do it on the backs of other people. Right. Um, it just it just makes me sad. It makes me sad for the people disrespecting the 
like just a whole generation like okay like fuck the boomers like and it, i get it people are physically upset and all that but it's all it's not to say that every person of that age group is the same it's like we're not all the same we're not all the same and mo- most boomers are awesome 100% yeah well so you're talking about all the likes and and loves on social media i mean the, those companies have figured out algorithms to to send you the same stuff that got you to give the thumbs up or the heart or yeah. whatever they're and playing you. Yeah, big time. Yeah. And it's not healthy. No, and they know they're doing it, you know? Oh, they absolutely know they're doing it because they make ad money off it. Um, and, and, and that's what I'm trying to say, I guess, Paul. It's like, I'd like to think I'm smart enough to know they're fucking doing it, and it still got to me, right? Yeah. So the only way to stop that is to stop just get just off stop it. doing it, yep. you know? And my life's it's fine. You yeah. Know? Oh, you're going to survive. You know yeah. what it's like surviving we, without I went on the river yesterday. My phone stayed at the house. I didn't take a picture. Now, granted, the couple we went with, I love my neighbors. They took a couple pictures. I'm glad they had the phone because we got a couple pictures. Yep. Pictures are good. But I didn't, you know, I didn't call nobody. I wasn't worried about the texting. I wasn't. You probably were very it was re- relaxed. Amazing. You, were, you probably had a very good day. I did. I had a great day. I don't. Um, the only reason I take my phone in the bedroom anymore is because I have an alarm system mm. service, and if they happen to call me, I want that to be able to get through, or if you know my wife needs me or something, right? Like because in the sleep mode, like those two numbers can come through, right? But I'm not on my phone laying in bed, and, and it wasn't too long ago, uh, last year or whatever, Paul. I'd like I'd lay in bed and I'd wake up, and what would be the first thing I'd do? You're I'm looking at my phone. fucking phone, yeah, yeah. To start, oh, I'm checking my email, or I'm looking at Facebook, and then it's like what. What are you doing? You're not making the world better. You're not yeah. making yourself better. You're not setting your brain up for a great psychological day. Yeah. <laughs> you know? No, that's a good way to think about it. So I stopped doing that and started trying to start every day in the hot tub mm. and not looking at my phone until after I got out of the hot tub. Granted, it's a little hot this week for it, but man, that's nice. You get out there and there's you're not talking to anybody. There's no technology. You're just soaking in some warm water, some hot water or whatever, and, but you're not on your phone and you get to just reset or start your day. I shouldn't say reset. And uh, I've, I've told people this, and they're like, "Why not at night?" And I'm like, "Well, I, I think it, there's something about it wakes me up too much." Mm. But the like starting my day that way sometimes too, before the sun's come up or whatever, and the moon's still out there, and it's oh. just the sound of the bubbles and the birds and shit. And it's yeah. just like, okay, I think I'm ready for this. Yeah, you know. Um, well, there's something about being connected to nature too. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, who was talking about this just the other day? Um, it was my friend John when we were going to the uh, river yesterday. He was talking about how they have scientifically proven that, like, taking walk because they, they were talking about how they like hiking. I'm not necessarily into just r- walking around for no reason. <laughs> that's you know, it that, is that's, what, your, that's your definition it, of hiking. It's it, all good. It, it is what it is. I mean, I like nature, but we don't have to start getting all lost in the middle of the woods, walking up hills and shit. For me, um, call call me what you will. It's just not my thing. Um, but he was just talking about like the the benefits, like the trees put off vibrations and different shit mm. that like helps us with our lives. And he was talking about. So I do walk my dog a lot. Um, we have a couple dogs. One's a Great Pyrenees, and you need to walk his ass a couple miles twice a day. Yeah. And so there's a lot of old trees in my neighborhood. And he was like, Well, I think we probably get that from just walking around where we live because you know out there in Bonaire, there's a lot of nice old trees and stuff. But I'm definitely into that whole vibration. If, you know, we don't. We could get into the hallucinogenic kind of conversation, but there's like there's a reality that we are connected with that thing, and um, you know, and you're not doing that sitting on the couch holding a small computer. Yeah, putting a like on somebody's. It's post. just not happening. Yeah, uh, there's something about water too. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, what is it about water? 
you know, I, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know the science of it. I don't, um, I don't know either. But every time I get near yeah. water, I, I'm relaxed. Yeah. I just feel better. Yeah. What was that? I saw it. The whole memes and stuff. It's like white people look to look at water. <laughs> <laughs> you know, don't even have to get in there. Just looking at the lake. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's always done something for me. And I'm a water sign. Not that I'm super into the astrological stuff, but there's probably something to it. Yeah. Um, I think for me, it's especially like the ocean is is the grounding of it. Like mm. your feet are in the dirt. Um, I also like the feeling of being on the edge of mm. the earth, kind of thing. I've always enjoyed that. But then also water will kill you. Yeah. And I think it introduced, and I've almost drowned a couple times, and I'm a decent swimmer, so it's like there's a there's a pretty much a quick come to Jesus moment, not to make it about Jesus, but it's a come to Jesus moment that sometimes people will have that almost die yeah. in the water. And then there's the respect, and it's like riding that line between, it's never it's not made me never want to get in the ocean again. Right. Um, I'm sure that happens to some people. But um, it's it just re-upped that respect for it and um and I, I don't know i think maybe not just water but back to the whole elder thing it's like something needs to happen to shake up the respect and i don't i'm not saying it's like you got to respect your elders or you got to respect your water or you got to respect anything one more than the other but respecting yourself right and then how you relate to others out there and the respect that you give them and people want to be like you know respect is earned okay sure but it doesn't have to be. But you can give people benefit of the doubt. A hundred percent, dude. I don't have to be like, who's this guy at the grocery store? He don't know me. He's gonna have to prove himself. Correct, because that's just the dumbest shit. Yeah. You know, trust could be earned. I, yeah, absolutely. Let's just lead with a little respect and give and give somebody the chance to just say, up, oh, maybe not so much. Or then you don't have to go instantly to, I don't respect this person. How could I help them respect themselves more or or bridge that? Do we respect each other? You know, because people fuck up. And they fall down, and they'll say the wrong shit sometimes, or whatever. You don't have to go instantly to this black and white game of like, oh, nope. Yep, you're done. Yeah, you're you're a piece of crap to me now. It's just it's weird. There's a there is a gray area out there, you know. Uh, I I I have to believe this. I think uh, I think most people are decent and respectful. It's just we we amplify things through social media sure. and other ways where sure. it just feels like we're outnumbered. But I think the respectful crowd is pretty darn big. Yeah. Um. And you know. <sighs> It all boils down to patience and and communication. You know, let's be different. It's okay for us to be different, um, and and still respect each other and, and know that one talking head doesn't speak for the entire group of of that. And it's like politics. I mean, religion and politics. It's fucked up to even try to talk about it. And I try to stay away from it. But a lot of it is because I'm center. Um, as much as I can be, and I don't have to go into detail about who I support or why I support or what. Of course, I don't like when somebody's a fucking flagrant asshole that nobody. Sh- I mean, come on, you know. Um, but I'm also I don't want big ass government telling me what I can and can't do with all my money and, and you're, all my life. You're you accepting know? of a lot of people in the middle, and yeah, I don't. Yeah, who wants a giant government? And and who wants extreme on either side? And I feel like we've gotten into this place where you got to pick a side. No, and it's you like don't. fuck that. No, I do not. Don't. How about I pick the side of just good, just decent? It's okay that he doesn't he doesn't wear Wranglers and you like Wranglers. It's gonna be fucking fine, you know, or whatever. For lack of a dumber thing to fucking say, um, I love that analogy. That's a good. That um, but yeah, I mean, like, let him be cool with the jeans he likes. Yeah, leave him alone. 
Why does he have to like what you like? Correct. Yeah. And how boring would that be? Oh, it would be awful. You know? be awful. Everybody's band sounds exactly the same. All right. You, know? you were talking about older trees vibrating and, mm-hmm. and it does something uh, for your mental health, your well-being, sure. whatever it is. And you mentioned psychedelics. Yeah. Let's talk about psychedelics. And, and treat me as a, uh, a rookie on the top. Okay. Um, well, you know, I guess I feel comfortable talking about it now because it's more socially accepted. Sure. Um, there's a great documentary out there for anybody who chooses to just, I'm not saying you got to go trip somewhere tomorrow. I'm not telling you not to do that either. Um, yeah, do whatever you But there's a great to. documentary called How to Change Your Mind. Mm. And they each episode they talk about different psychedelics and how they're using them now to treat mental illness. Oh yeah. You know, and it's very a, successful. A hundred percent. And um you know, I've done a lot of it. Um I don't know, I guess a lot subjective and I don't need to give you a laundry list, but plenty. Um, to, to understand the rewiring that occurred. And a lot of times younger, like definitely in high school and, and beyond, even, you know, not too long ago kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, maybe not, it's not the frequency, but um, that, that I used to, but um, it definitely, I don't want to say made me a better person because I'd like to think it was already okay, but it just rewired me and made me more gracious and more accepting of, of my, of my fellow man and, um, I know it sounds all hippy dippy tree huggy shit, but it's it's real. And um you know, you know, I, I I can't maybe I do have some O C D tendencies with, you know, my attention to detail and stuff like this. I'm certainly not um you know, I'm not not clinical clin- or, you know, I yeah. don't talk to anybody about it. I don't think that about myself. But you know, everybody's a little bit of a weirdo and that's fine. But um it 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 helped me channel um maybe some of the extra energy I had and it made me a more patient person. Mm. Um, and it, cause it's not all about like, wow, man, I saw the coolest fucking thing. And yeah, you might. And when and people want to talk about having like a bad trip. Okay. Um, a lot of that, it gets, it's internal, right? So you're freaking out about some shit that's going on inside yourself. Right. And it's probably valid and it might be coming out in a, a weird way, but you're having, like demons or inner conflicting fucking shit going on in your life or in your brain about how you feel about yourself. Right. And I feel like you need a couple really bad trips to like shake you up a little bit and, and say, okay, fuck, maybe I need to work on this or, or why does this bother me? You know, um, it's, uh, it's a thing. Um, and people, I would talk to, you know, my peers about even marijuana. It's like, you can, you can definitely eat, a lot of th you can definitely overdose on thc eating it in a much worse way than you can psychedelics um and but that'll trigger some of the same things too it's like it definitely for me i used to smoke a lot more than i do now and now i'm really cautious because it will put me in this place of anxiety Mm -hmm. And, and then i have to sit and say what is it i'm worried about within myself right now you know and be honest with myself and it's like i'm just creating some mental drama for myself that isn't really there but Am I? Am I being triggered by something I saw on social media? Or right. or did I feel overly comfortable with something, like how honest I was with somebody, which I don't really regret, but now that I'm high, I, maybe, I, maybe I shouldn't have said that to them. <laughs> you know? then, then why the fuck am I worried about it, right? Yeah. I mean, that's just real, right. you know? And so I tried to police that within myself. And, and again, to harken back to, the, like, I know I'm not perfect, and, and, and thank God for the couple handfuls of y'all out there that like really love me thank you (laughs) um 
but you know, I try to care and I try to care about myself and I try to get better and I still fuck up and, and my friends do too. And it's okay. You know, but that the hallucinogens, if you have the stomach for it, um, um, to, to wrap your mind around, uh, I don't want to get into a little conspiracy, but it's like, there's a reason why the government didn't want everybody fucking running around figuring all this shit out. Yeah. No, <laughs> you know? I mean, some conspiracies are true, you know, um, I'm sure I'm on a fucking list. I probably I was probably already on it. Um, but yeah, you got bigger things to worry about than me. I promise you. Um, you know, it just I think some people can't wrap their head around like, oh, it's drugs. Oh, I can't. You know, and it's like, okay, sure, sure it is. But like, people take drugs all the fucking time. All the time. And, and, and like, they're just not selling them to you. Like they're because so and so can't make money on it or insure. You know, it's like it's that. You know, it, it, it almost always comes down to money. Know, we're not getting tax dollars from it. You right. know, we're not addicting an, an entire generation to fucking op- opioids. Right. You know, my wife has a friend that like the, the saddest story. Her husband, like, I don't know if he fell off. He hurt his back, and he had to take painkillers, and he got addicted to painkillers. Yeah, it, and it and it ruined his life. It's happened to hundreds of thousands. You know, and it's, so it's not just some junk, somebody looking to party, you know, but I guarantee you, you are not going to get addicted to mushrooms. <laughs> right. And have it ruin your life. Well, they're natural. Know? Yeah. How about that? Yeah. You know, marijuana for that point. I was like, they're cutting it. They're not even, they don't have to do shit. They got to let it dry. I'm not processing it. I would trust natural before I trust yeah. synthetic all day long. Yeah. Are right, you mentioned bands, plural. Are you are you in multiple bands? I now? am in I am in multiple bands. Um, at at one at one point in my life, I had three or four happening at a time. Um, now I just have two that are consistently working. Um, one I have been in since two thousand nine. It's called Sky Dog. It's a tribute to the Allman Brothers band. So all we play is the Allman Brothers band. What's your favorite Allman Brothers song? Uh, that's a difficult question. You got to give me an answer. Oh, uh, I do. Yeah. All right. Um, you can give me your top two or three if you want. Well, so I really like a, a song. It's an instrumental song called Hot Lana. Mm. It only exists on the Fillmore East record. It's pretty cool. Um, um, I named my youngest kid after, or my wife and I named our youngest kid after uh, an Allman Brothers song. A Jessica or Mel- Melissa. Melissa. It's yeah. one of those, yeah. yeah. Um, I also like... Um, I like their, you know, I like the instrumental stuff from them. I, I like the mountain jam and mm. where that can go in different places, um, especially the version from Ludlow Garage. I'm just like that, that, that's so good. Um, you know, um, a lot of the, a lot of the music that they played, um, while they did have their own tunes, a lot of their tune, a lot of their music, and a lot of the music, frankly, just all everywhere. You know, they're playing covers. You know, they're playing old blue tune, blues tunes and stuff. So. In that vein, you know, it's like, so yeah, it's a cover band, and it's some of the covers are a cover band playing covers, <laughs> right? Uh, and uh, and then I have another cover band um, called The Gold Sauce. Um, we're going to be playing a show at um, the Get Tight Lounge on August 4th, where then, you know, we're playing the night after at Tobacco Company, too, but the thing that's cool about the August 4th show is we're going to do a special set of nothing but Jimi Hendrix. Mm. And... Um, and I assure you, kids, that it's not some Susie Cut Corners version. It's, it's you know, I think we got it pretty good. Um, Jim, Jimmy died when he was 27. Yeah. And he was playing a right-handed guitar upside down. That is not true. It's not true. No. 
Um, He's done it before. Though, he he was it? playing a left-handed. He was playing a right-handed guitar. Technically, yes, the guitar itself was upside down, but he strung it standard. Oh, got it. Yeah. So, so it works standard. For Correct. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Albert King played it fully upside down. Okay, got it. And that's why he could get some of those people would bend a string this way. He could pull it down. And pulling's probably easier. Yeah. Right. Um, but yeah, it's, it's Sky Dog and the Gold Sauce, and so the Gold Sauce we it's a three piece, a power trio, and we do old uh, funk and soul and Hendrix, but we play it like rock style. So we'll do like Papa Was a Rolling Stone and it's a great Marvel. song, but we would do it like just as a rock trio, yeah, and yeah. we improvise some over that. And both of those bands allowed me a lot. A one's twelve years old, one's fifteen years old, and if you've never played in a band before, it's like being married to however many people are in there, and you got to deal with all of their shit and their schedules, and if they, some and they got to deal with yours too, a hundred percent, yeah, and and your feelings, and they're trying to get paid, and you have expectations out of this, and it's like, oh, if I'm who's the band leader, all of that shit, right? Why these bands work for me is that we have most, and you know, through the years, filtered out who needed to be filtered out to get mm. there, but like everybody's on the same page like when we show up everybody's helping everybody with everything we're loading in we're wiring up it's like we're all working together yeah um there's not a whole lot of pushback on you know granted i know what my guys expect to try to get to get paid or how far we're going to drive but like you know i have to put on a lot of work personally to make these bands happen with the booking and and going back and forth between personal people's calendars and it's like or maintaining a text thread it's like hey guys i need an answer here or do i break off and just specifically talk to this one person right and then like okay on the calendar am i remembering everybody's anniversary or everybody's kid's birthday that i can't book on all of that shit yeah right there's a lot coordinating with the artists getting the posters made who's pick, taking the poster where like all of that stuff so and, you're the manager too yes for both bands for both yeah which I'm fine with. Um, we, um, we, honestly, we aren't at a level where I need to hire somebody to do that for either band. And to be quite honest with you, I don't know who that person would be that I wouldn't have to look over their shoulder mm. at first anyway. Right. Right? Yep. But these bands, both they both allow me the musical freedom on stage to take musical risks and trust that I'm going to try something. If I fuck up or land wrong, you guys got my back. Um, so that keeps that interesting for me. Yeah. And then there's just not drama. Like, I, there is nobody complaining about stuff or why are we here or what's going on here. Or even if something falls through the cracks, like, people have my back. And that's after years and decades of doing that. And, and, and guys who are also aren't caught up in the whole, like, so I also have my own original album. Jeremy D. Simmons, Pie in the Sky. You can stream it on all the things. I have it available on a 180-gram vinyl gatefold. Um, it's legit. It's a professional record. Yeah. I love, you know, I don't do it as much as I used to, but I love to write songs. I can write a song. I played for years with an original band that we did my songs and other people's songs at cover songs, and we've been on tour. And I've done all that. And I'm not saying I'd never do that again, but, the, you know, the reality is it's, like, it's tough out there. It's hard, to get, yeah. You like to try to make any money and, and keep growing. It's like people say you should put your own band together and do that. It's like, well, I can't afford to do that because I need grown-ups who can fucking play, and they need money. Right. Right? And I'm and I, I shouldn't expect them to come to band practice for free. It's like if it's my shit, right, it's the Jeremy Simmons band. Yeah. Well, I mean – I got to pay that guy to come to band practice, don't I? Yeah. I mean, we're not in high school anymore. We're not just hanging out in the garage, all super fun to play music. I mean, that's just not reality. And so the reality for me is I get to, and I may make another record. I hope I do. But you're not making any money off that either, streaming. 
Okay, so then what are we going to get a van and we're going to go tour a record to like get people turned on to this record that they might buy or they might stream? And then are we going to go back there in six months? Because if we can't go back in six months, we shouldn't have gone in the first place. Right. It's like that's just the reality of it. Um, and from I'm not saying that if you want to go do that, please go do that. I've already done it. I, I'm not saying I wouldn't do it again, but right now I'm happy doing what I'm doing and eating what I'm eating, what I'm eating, and sleeping where I sleep at night and having a great time and paying some bills actually playing music and you know yeah. and i definitely run into musicians that want to talk shit about people playing covered that's like okay well so what do you do, do you, is this you support yourself touring originally if you do that great and if you don't do that what do you do for money right i'd much rather play music than almost anything else i could imagine for money right right so to try to shame me because we're playing covers or what it's like fuck off dude. why is he trying to shame you in the people, first people place? do it people do it all the time and i think it's some shame they might have in themselves or whatever and it's like i don't fucking care but at the end of the day how about this too yeah it's covers but we're fucking good have you seen the band you know and it's yeah. just like back to that humility versus confidence thing it's like I, I want to be able to tell a club this is the this is the money I expect and if so and so will play for cheaper then you should hire them but this is what you this is what we're going to provide and this is why we're worth what we're worth right yeah and you know it's like I like cooking I have a little cooking show I don't want to work in a kitchen anymore because I like cooking right I, if I made cooking my job I wouldn't ever want to cook like right. I'm excited we, you walked in tonight what did I talk about the first thing I talk about is I'm excited to go home and make these ribeyes. Yeah. Right. If I slaved over a grill all night, the last thing I want to do is go home and, and make ribeyes. And and the same thing, too. It's like the reason that I play music with the specific guys that I play music with or make records with the specific bands that I choose to work with is because I'm enjoying myself. Mm. I'm not just I'm not over here at the studio going, God, I hope I get work today. I'll take anything that comes. I would rather turn the air conditioning off in this building. Not really because there's stuff in here, but like keep the overhead low and figure out I would almost rather go work in a kitchen than come here and work on records that I don't like or yeah. with like it sounds I, awful I don't want to make music that I don't like with people that I don't like making it with I'd rather I'd rather stop liking cooking and having to cook or like work at the gas station or something not there's anything wrong with working at the gas station you know yeah. but you feel what I'm saying sure yes I get paid to do music yes I love doing it no, I don't feel guilty that those two things can collide, that I can actually love it's, it's what amazing. I do to get paid. But I also appreciate that it's not going to happen every day. And I've got to I've got to go for for bang for buck sometimes. And and at the end of the day, when I close my eyes and and or brush my teeth and look at myself, I am happy with the choices that I'm making in my art form and the, and the influence that I can provide if I can at all. I'm happy with that. Um, does it suck to sometimes think that I had to maybe give up on the full dream of being on a tour bus and being a rock star and like, you know, never be, like being gone nine months a year? Yeah, it's so, yeah. But you're happy. Uh, definitely. And maybe I wouldn't be happy if I was gone nine months a year, right? Yeah. You know, that kind of thing. But I mean, you know, that's just a reality. Um, but I don't regret the choices that I've made that it's brought me to here. And I'm going to keep making records and playing covers or whatever kind of music I want until I'm gone. Because it's the music that makes you happy. A hundred percent. And, it, you know, my wife supports that. My family supports that. My brother plays. He's in a great band. He plays. Well, he plays in a couple, the Sky Dog with me. And he was in the Gold Sauce, but he'll sub every once in a while. But he's out on the road uh, doing stuff with Chris Jacobs' band. Mm. And um, he's got a studio set up at his house. He's been producing some other local talent. I mean, he can't walk away from it either. You know, and um, but he's right there too. He's making choices. Yeah. You know, I'm 
a lot of younger bass players will be like, man, I don't, I don't see you play too many pickup gigs anymore. You're not like with this, that, and the other. And it's just like, cause I'm not leaving the house for a hundred dollars. You know, yeah. it's just like, it's not because I'm better or, or like, I've, but I've already done it. And, and I'd rather have the time to spend with my family or, or myself or to work on something creative than grinding like that. Like I'm not going to go unless it's charity. I shouldn't say never, but it's like, I'm not trying to drive to a gig and play for four hours and drive back and come home with a hundred dollars. Right. It's just not fiscally intelligent. It's not where you are. No. Yeah. And it's not to say, and I'm painting myself in a corner. I hope I'm not. It's like, I'm not above that. I've just done it and I don't want to do it anymore. Yeah, you've gotten to a certain point you know, in life, yeah. Uh, now, that said, if it was my album or my songs and I wanted to do like a little 45-minute showcase and make sure I paid my band and I didn't make a dime and I had fun playing my music, that's my prior, pro- yeah. prerogative to do that, That's cool, too, too you know? yeah. All right, well, hey, so we're in this really cool studio that you put together over the last 15 years. What happens in this studio? Like, when a band comes in, walk me through the process. Okay, um, well, the first thing that I like to try to do when a band reaches out is I, I try to get them over here to, to have a tour. And we talk about why it's set up like it is. Um, pretty much most of my setup stays set up. Um, there's not a whole lot of, let me figure shit out. I've got everything wa- wired through all the rooms and, and down through the walls and the ceilings and have isolation here and there. So a band can track live upstairs, but the bass amp is in a different room and the guitar amp's in a different room. Just so we're not dealing with a lot of like bleed. And yeah, bleed can make a great record, sure. Um, but everybody out there that's ever mixed a record knows that they would love to have just the sound they're working with uh, you know i don't need the bass and the guitar amp in the snare drum mic yeah you know and sure you can position it so you don't hear as much of that but i've just got it set up to where it's clean and it's ready to go and on all my keyboards they're ready to go it's not me figuring it out and like the stuff works and i feel I've been in studios, and a lot of that, me being in other studios, have definitely led me to make this space because, well, first of all, it didn't make any sense for me to invest in somebody else when I do this. You know, why am I going to pay you to use your studio? I could just buy, you know, more of my own shit. Right. And then that's just real. You know, that's an investment in me and not in you. Um, and everybody should do that. Um, but I also want to have it to where an artist can come in here, and I've got vintage gear that works that they, they may or may not have but that inspires them mm. it's like oh they're, man they, that's a nice amp or, and it's got a sound it doesn't just look cool sitting there there's a reason why somebody buys that amp it's because it's got a sound or that drum set or that cymbal or that Hammond organ you know it's they exist because they exist because they're that's the shit you know and there's a reason why it's been on all of these records and then even sitting in, in here in this the outboard gear and the preamps and stuff and it's like you do not need anything that i have in this building to make an amazing record you can make it on your laptop with garage band with a great song and a great attitude go for it but there's a reason why the gear that i have exists in the first place and studios all over the world have these kinds of items is because Yes, a great song is a great song, and great talent is great talent, but if you put great talent through a great instrument, through a great preamp, through a great microphone, then you get that thing that sounds like a record you've heard your whole life. And you get a great vibe, too. Correct. Well, then that you you're, that was, I guess, where I was going next, too. There's art and lighting and different... It's kind of crazy over here, right? It's like it's like every room's a different... Ex- it's a lot to take in. It's a different experience of artis- artistic kind of thing. And it, it's funny, it's like totally the opposite of Rick Rubin has a spot I think he calls it Shangri-La. I think that's what it is. That's uh, right. And it's it's all white in there. 
There's no clocks. There's Super no clean. artwork. It's just everything's white. The walls are white. And that's a whole other way to go. You know, that is not. That's not uh, you. I mean, it could be, but that's not this place. You yeah. know, it's like there's a lot of posters from my childhood and, and, and the little knickknacks and stuff that I've collected over the years. And there's I'm in this building, I guess, is the difference between this studio and and another studio. And and at the, the bottom line is I want somebody to go wherever they want to make a record. And, and really, when it comes down to it. The real, the only real difference in this place and any other place is me. Whatever that means, you know, because somebody else can have every stitch of gear that's in here wired a different way, you know, everything. And it boils down to who are you working with, why do you want to work with them, and how do they make you better? And that's what I want to do. If I can help make you or your band better or more confident, and and a lot of the guys that I'm working with, I'm working with this uh, these, this group now called MISC. Uh, sounds like whisk m-i-s-m-i-s-c <laughs> miscellaneous kind yeah of but it's yeah. not but they that's that's what i thought but it's apparently it's the uh the first initial of the guy's names in the band oh gotcha right so they came in here and they wanted to do an ep and i was like okay well why not an lp which the difference is like how you know, the length right number of songs right the, actually it boils down to the number of minutes huh. right um and if say you're going to put out vinyl you can really only get about 44 minutes front and back before you start losing fidelity in a piece of vinyl. Mm. And so you can harken back to all kinds of albums from the 70s, like Zeppelin Four. I want to say that album, you know, with Stairway to Heaven on it, I want to say that album is like 35 or 38 minutes. And and they were like, and I, and I brought that up and they were like, well, that's not that long. And I'm like, no. And I was like, it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be 75 minutes like everything would fit on a CD to be a full album. And, you know, it's more about a piece, you know, of like, do these songs make sense together, this, that, and the other. And I said, if you're going to spend the time to do an EP and you have a couple more songs, and they were like, well, we're kind of working on one. I was like, let's just do it. And then you get to put, like, come out with a debut album, right? Which, it might not mean something to everybody out there, but that means something. And it means something to me, for sure. It's not an EP. And there's a huge difference between an EP and an album, as far as I'm concerned. And it might just be me who feels that way. And so what? No, I get it. You know, but they were stoked about that. And then it was just like, okay, um, I also produce while I engineer. Unless they're, you know, production is a whole other description on a record. And it used to be, and it still is, but should be. It's a whole other paycheck, too. Because I'm also engineering those records, you know, the records. But I'm producing, and that kind of just comes part of the package. Um, Unless they have a producer that comes in here and he's calling the shots. Because it used to be the producer didn't touch the gear. And the engineer didn't talk to the talent. Mm. There were two completely separate worlds. Over, that's not necessarily the reality anymore. Um, and it's certainly not the reality I, I pose with the studio. Because I like, I, you know, I'll tell bands all the time that I want your brand to be important to you. But I guarantee you that my brand is equally, if not more important to me than yours is to you. And if I'm going to put your brand on my, or my brand with yours, then I've got some expectations. Mm. Right? Yeah. And then it'll be me chiming in sometimes about like, hey, let's try it this way, or let's take out a couple of those kick drums. Let's, uh, why are we? Do- What's going on here? Let's let's pull some of this out and and make this a little groovier. And you know, every once in a while, you there might be a raised eyebrow or whatever. And it's not just this band; it's every band I work have worked had the pleasure of working with, or most of them. Um, you know, some people have a clear idea of exactly what they want, and you know, there's no room for me to say anything, nor nor any need for me to. But 
for the most part. And it's not about like, I have to be right or you're going to listen to me. It's like, I feel like I have something constructive to say here that you guys aren't thinking about and I'm going to say it. And that's like, I'm not afraid to say it. Well, Paul, nine times out of 10, they are stoked that I said something. It's changed the song now. They've gone home. They've listened to the rough mix. They come back the next day and like, God damn it, you did it again. You made the song better. Yeah, because that's what you're trying to do. Right. And it's not just that band and it's not just the band before them. It's like countless bands that I work with that I do that. And it's whether I and it's whether I'm in their style or like I'll work with guys who got all these great horn arrangements. I don't play horn. I didn't go to jazz school. But I'm like, hey, um, what if we try this? And and it's like that totally changing the line. It's like, yeah, I know. Try it. I'm like, fuck, that works great. You know, and it's just because yeah, you know. That's what that's who I am. That's what I do, and this is why I'm bringing to the table, and this is why you're paying me. You know. Also, don't get excited about a band having. I'm not saying we shouldn't take it till it's right, but we're not going to beat it to the ground. We're going to go to the next song and maybe come back the next day. I want bands to be creative and feel the need or feel the the ability to be creative in here. Um, but it doesn't have to turn into some Fleetwood Mac rumors. We're not putting, you know, it's not a party. Right. Right. And if you're so fucked up that we haven't gotten anything done in two hours, it's like, it, right? You're, pay, you're, you're wasting my time and well, your money. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like most of these, those bands, like the record company was like, pay, they were still paying for it. It was a loan, but they weren't thinking about it because it's fucking whoever it is. But I want people coming over here efficient. And it's not because I, 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 I need it to be fast. I don't get excited because uh, because my wallet's getting wider because they're taking longer to do this than they need to right yeah and like i if this and it's like you also don't quote a there's not a flat rate for how, how much it costs to make a record people ask me how much to make a song it's like well how long are you going to take to do it <laughs> like, 10 minutes that's not a fucking rea- real question um but like i don't get excited well like man they're taking forever i'm making money today it's like no and i'll tell them that you know, and it's like, yeah, and I'm I'm not the most expensive around, and I'm not the cheapest around, but I do care about your time efficiency. I do care about your wallet. I do provide you an area to be like, we don't have to take a lunch break. Y'all can pack some sandwiches, or we can have the crock pot rolling, and y'all can find time to eat while somebody else is doing something else. Mm. We don't have to stop. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's you know, um, and that's been it works for me, and I I think you know when you said what happens when people come over here, I'm honest with them. I'm honest with them about why I'm doing what I'm doing, why I think that they should consider working with me, and what I expect out of them. And then I ask them, what do they expect out of me? You know, And it's such a good feeling at the end of the day, especially after that first day, You know, because they, they don't know how it's going to go. They have an idea. We get through that first day, and they're like, fuck, we got more done than we thought we did. <laughs> and it's like, it already sounds great. It's not even mixed. And like, yeah. And a lot of that is the, this these instruments and these microphones and this yeah, it, yeah. Like, sounds good because it's good going in. It's not this let's fix it later in the mix bullshit. It's like let's get it right. Yeah. Does that sound good? All right, good. You know, um, you know, and some years are better than others or more prolific than others. But it's not gonna hurt my feelings if I don't like if I make one record a year. Who cares? It's gonna be good. How did you connect with Misk? Um, so I made another record with this band called Half Cast. Um, their record is fucking slamming. Um, and they played a show together. And those the the guys in the Misk Misk had checked out that record and asked them specifically about like what's it working what's it like working with Jeremy. And of course those guys, I mean, I wasn't in the, privy to the conversation, but I can only imagine that they sung my praises because I know how they feel about me. Yeah. Of the, the conversations we've had. 
they'll be coming back to make another one. Um, and it's my whole life and my like my bands, all of it has been word of mouth. It's like the Sky Dog thing. It's Allman Brothers Tribute Band. We have been in Richmond for 15 years. There's still so many people that have no idea we exist, and they'll come see us, and they'll be like, what the fuck? That was good. And it's like, get on the bus. But it's, you know, it's this grassroots thing, mm. you know? And it's like the likes or the follows I have on Instagram or whatever. I don't care. It's like however many there are, I don't campaign for them. Right. Right? And if it's a 1,000 or 500 or whatever the fuck it ends up being, like, and it's not because I'm following everybody back. Right, because I don't want like it's I, organic. I get it that you follow me, but I don't want to have to see all your shit. It's, <laughs> like it's not you personally. I just it's, it's not for me. I follow what I want to follow, and it's I'm not playing that game with people. Right. Um, I want I want what I have to be because I have it because hopefully I've earned it, or at least I've made decisions to align myself with people who help me get there that I hopefully help back because nobody's doing this all by themselves. Right. Right. Just life. Yeah. Right. It takes a village. And that, whether that's a supportive family member or a supportive spouse or, you know, whatever, it's like it's a team sport out here. Yeah, let, let's uh, let's close with this because we're a little over an hour and I okay. want you to get to your stakes. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's end with uh, talking about your wife. Yeah, Michelle's pretty fantastic. Um, we met, at, again, back to the music thing. I was playing a, a show with uh, in a Johnny Cash tribute band with my friend Derek, and uh, we were going down to this – the show in South Carolina, and he's like, uh, the girl I've known since kindergarten's coming out to the show. He's like, she's off limits. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, yada yada. Long story short, I came. In, I was like the last one to arrive to the gig that day because of some. We had a we had a breakdown, and I was like, I fixed it. I like laid in the grass and got all gross and changed the tire, all that shit. But I was like, I need a nap and a shower. I was like, y'all go set up. So I'm the last one to come to the club and they'd all met Michelle. And, and anyway, we, we got to talking or whatever that before the show. And then on set break, uh, Derek was like, man, you should go talk to Michelle. And I was like, well, I thought you said that. See, I'm even impersonating myself <laughs> in the same voice. No, I thought you said that, uh, you know, she was off limits. He's like, yeah, but you know, I love her and I love you and you guys are really cool people. And I think that Y'all should see what's up. So that night, uh, I ended up going hanging out with Michelle, and we have been together every every day since. Yeah, uh, your your friend knew something. Yeah, and she was living in South Carolina at the time, and I was living in here, and so not every day, but we, you know, on the weekends we'd commute, and I ended up moving down there, and you know, because for you know playing gigs and stuff, I could just drive. You know, I didn't have a, the nine to five up here. Right. Um, and uh, it was just real. You know, she was funny. Um. She was the first, I want to say she was the first woman I was ever with because she had her shit together. Like, I didn't have to motivate her to figure out what it was she wanted out of life, yeah. right? Um, and I tell people to this day that the reason I think that we work is because we're two autonomous adults that share our lives together, yeah. you know? Um, we're honest about stuff with each other, you know? Um, we try to be financially s smart, you know, but we talk about those decisions, you know, and we talk about life goals. I mean, like the fact that we both knew that maybe we didn't want to have kids, you know. I mean, had I met her before I was 35, maybe, but that's a young man's sport as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Um, but she's great. Um, she, my, I have another, I have a cousin, so I have these two female cousins, or sister cousins, and one hasn't met Michelle, and the other one was like, she was like, she, everybody says Michelle's great, and Yada yada yada. And the family loves her and all this. And her sister told her, "She's like, she's like, yeah, she is fucking awesome." And she's like, generally, if you don't have Mich if you don't like Michelle, it's, it's probably a, 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 your, a your problem. Um, 
But you know, she's a person like everybody else. I, I just, I, she's genuine, and um, I care. But you know, she's my world, and she's been accepting of who I am without ever having to try to change anything. You know, in, in fact, we were living here in the studio house for a while, and she's like, "This is great. I want you to have this." We need this, but she's like, we also need our own space. Mm. She's like, let's figure out a way to keep this place and get another place where we just live. You guys sound like a great team, yeah. Man. I mean, and it is a team, and and I I want anybody to feel that way. Like your your relationship should be a team. Your band should be a good team. Um, your family should be a good team. And I'm a blessed person because I've got a wife of 14 years, a man of a, a little bit more than that, and another band of 12 years, and a great crew of people, of friends and family around me who who love me and who support me and who put up with all of the everything that I am, which hopefully is good and sometimes could be a little over the top, and you get what you get. You are who you are, man. <laughs> yeah. It's all good. Yeah. Well, I love the fact that Helen uh, connected us, and I really appreciate you doing this. Yeah. And I appreciate you inviting me into the studio. Absolutely, too. Paul. And I hope that this helps us uh, nurture a friendship together, and we can. Uh, you know, have a couple beers or maybe some sausage rolls at, at Rosie's. No, I'm going to have to try one Wednesday night, I imagine, or Wednesday afternoon yeah. is when you tend to go there. Yeah, yeah. Wednesday or Thursday, yeah, because Thursday's burgers. Don't okay. forget burger night Thursday at Rosie's. <laughs> anyway, thanks for anybody who took the time to listen to this, and if, please continue to support Paul and, and all his efforts to keep a wonderful pod, podcast. And I don't know, when when – uh, the, when Misk asked me today, they were like, what's the podcast about? And I was like, I think it's just about me. And it's a little <laughs> fucked up to, to think about. It. They were like, no, it's going to be great. So anybody who wanted to listen to me talk about myself for an hour and 15 minutes or whatever, thanks. There you go. They're going to love it. They're going to love it, Jeremy. Thanks for doing this. Thank man. you, Paul. Have a good one. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to wherever you listen to podcasts. We'd also really appreciate if you'd rate and review us. You can find us at skodupodcast.com.